Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. Was it a shock? I know people who are very close to him, and I knew he was near the end. It was a shock. It was this quick. He, he literally had a card show signing planned that he rescheduled a month ago. 86 is not sounding that old to me. It was, he aged not well. Yeah. I think he had the body of somebody probably 20 years older. He had just constant health problems. He never seemed like a physical specimen as much as he was just a savant at third base. He was 18 years old when they called him up, when he signed an, an absolute savant. It's a good word. They signed him as a second baseman. Yeah. And I never thought he had the most powerful arm. He didn't. But somehow he was able to throw quickly and accurately. So maybe that's why they saw him as a second baseman. Growing up in Baltimore, I, from the time I was able to hear stories about baseball, you learned about Brooks. You're the first person I thought of. He didn't have speed. He didn't have extreme power. He wasn't fleet of foot, that's for sure. So he wasn't a classical five-tool player, but his hand-eye coordination. They said that he's a natural lefty. Yes. And in fact, if you know the Norman Rockwell painting of him, in the painting, he signs the autograph with his left hand. That's why his autograph's not really very attractive. The younger years were much better. Okay. I (laughs) have some from the younger years. You don't like it? He'd write sideways or it was like backhanded. It was lefty. It's very readable. I'm lefty too, but he'd write uphill. I met Brooks a couple times and he was a mensch. He was an Arkansas mensch, if there is such a thing. (laughs) That's a great quote. What blows me away is people don't realize he was a bonus baby. You talked about being a savant with the glove. How much was $4,000 in 1955? It was big. It was big. You you could maybe buy a house. You certainly buy several cars. That's what he signed for. That's how good the glove was. The bat took a couple of years, but the glove, he was just touched by the hand of God. Again, I'm left-handed. If somebody threw me a ball and I didn't have a glove on, I'd probably reach out with my left hand. If I had done that and really learned to throw with my right hand, then I could have played infield besides first base. Just think if he really had been throwing lefty, because he's he's throwing opposite hand, he'd had to play first base. And he would have been a great first baseman. But most of his great plays are these quick reaction and awkward get the guy out at first base somehow when you didn't think, how did he even stop the ball or knock it down? First base, it wouldn't have been the same. He doesn't get an MVP unless he's a lot of war, wins above replacement just on the defensive side. Yeah. I, I, what was the stat I saw? There's only two players with a 30 uh, defensive war and 100 OPS plus for their careers, Brooks Robinson and Cal Ripken. So it's something about Baltimore? I saw the stat. I thought it was interesting. I esteem guys more if they stay in one place. And so you got Cal as well as Brooks. Both stayed in Baltimore. 
I think there was a courtesy among the general managers back in those days, and the guys weren't making so much money in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. That they weren't going to poach Brooks because he uh, is Baltimore. They, Cal and Brooks actually shared an agent. I don't think there's a coincidence on the type of thought process the agent had. Because he also represented Kirby Puckett. Yeah. What do you say to the people that, that think uh, Schmidt was just as good defensively? I think they didn't see Brooks. Um, I think the, the lifetime defensive war numbers prove that Brooks was even if not better. And I don't want to knock Schmidt. Mike Schmidt was a fantastic defensive player. Brooks was just better. There's different skills required on artificial turf. Yes, sir. Uh, super quick reflexes. But I'll tell you what, if I were playing first or third and I was playing the old grass and dirt and all that stuff, you're going to get bad bounces, bad hops. The ball is going to pick up speed on the AstroTurf kind of stuff. And in the 1970 World Series where he dominated, it was on turf. So he proved he can do it. Can- he had both skill sets. And that's a great point. Memorial Stadium was grass, to your point. I'm Sports Card Insights. So what's the uh, impact on his uh, cards or even his autograph? Are you seeing anything? He was a pretty prolific signer. Most of his cards are not that hard. um, But surely this gives him an an enduring bump because it'll bring recognition and, and acknowledgement of how great he was. I felt his rookie card was tremendously undervalued for a long time. I think this now moves him up to that next level, that Frank Robinson price level, who's still undervalued, by the way. But I think it permanently moves him. Both of them, yeah. Yeah, up, up a category. And Brooks, for me, is famous for having maybe the best and worst pictures on cards in his career. Did he approve the 1958 Tops photo? No, and he actually spoke about that in an interview and talked about how much he hated that card because the photo was actually him sliding into home or something, and they they could not have cropped it worse. In the early days, there wasn't any players association. Tops just had relationships with the players, and I doubt that they sent out the photos to say, do you approve this? Whereas now I think there's a all big infrastructure with the players associations and all the leagues where they can approve the photos and hockey doesn't want bloody sweaters <laughs> like that. What do you think about his cards? Does he go to another level there? Or are you mainly just talking about his rookie card? No, I think all his cards will go up. In fact, I think the 58 card, which we were talking about with the ugly face, you talk about that enduring uh, bump. I think it goes down as more of a famous card. I think more people are going to know about it. I actually think that card will get a bump as well, just for the infamy. He played for 23 years. I don't know that the last 10 or 15 years We'll see a huge bump, but the early years, I think, will. And autographs, are you taking my point that he was a pretty avid signer? He might be the most prolific signer I've ever seen. And and, and I grew up on Cal Ripken, who was a prolific signer. But in Baltimore, it, it's a running joke. Everybody has a Brooks Robinson autograph or, or two. Doing what I do, people call me all the time wanting to sell Brooks Robinson autographs. And it's just hard. Okay, here's my bad story on myself. I don't know if I've told this one before, but you know, okay. he's one of the nicest guys and one of the most willing signers. Back in 1975, I did TTM. I did through the mail. I would send requests to players. And for Brooks, I sent him cards. And you'd send 
three, four, five cards sometimes in those days. So you weren't going to send a big bundle, but I'd send three or four or five to hundreds of players. And in 1976, I was a young professor and I was thinking, this is fun, but I can only send three, four, five to each player. So I'm going to have an imaginary roommate and I'm going to send requests from the imaginary roommate who writes right-handed instead of left-handed. So I had a scratchy, bad signature with my right hand. I had a different name. I was the imaginary roommate. And I did this to a whole bunch of players. And they'd send back to me, myself, and me, my alter ego, same address, roommates. We'd say, please, Mr. Robinson, will you sign my cards? The only guy out of more than 100 that called me out on it was Brooks Robinson. He wrote me back and he said, dear, and he put my alter ego name in quotes. He said, (laughs) (laughs) I thought, gee, you're from Arkansas. How come you're so astute that you're the only player that figured out that I could have had a roommate, but I didn't. And and maybe it was just only obvious to Brooks, but for such a guy without guile and me, I'm not usually like that, but I thought I can double put an extra stamp on it and all that. And I think, Danny, and this would make it a valuable collectible, I may have retained, because I'm a saver, I'm a lifer, I may have that original note from Brooks. Because he wrote a note. If you could find it, that would be... If I could find it, I can frame it. That's better than the autograph cards, by the way. The autograph card's probably gone now. I mean, they were were cards from the 70s. They weren't valuable. Yeah. But that would be worth something. But that story is better than any Mr. autograph. Mr. Again, is there a nicer guy in the hobby of the players than of, of a superstar than Brooks? You're, you're such a mensch also. That story is hilarious that, that he's running an autograph identification uh, service, evidently. Um, Apparently. He was a handwriting analyst, too. That, to me, that's priceless. I have no idea how he had the time or inclination to... There weren't together. many people sending in those days, but it, it, maybe the lefty-righty thing got him, that he was a natural lefty, but he threw right, but he wrote left-handed, and he could see that I was backhanding or that my signature was worse than his. Maybe it was the unique address of the school. It wasn't a school. It was in my apartment. And it was a two-bedroom apartment. And the <laughs> second bedroom my, were housed with cards. There's some truth to it. This sounds like a legal defense, not a moral one, Dr. Beckett. Uh, I'm guilty of cards. <laughs> and, and in those days, if they autographed them, they're probably worth a dollar instead of a dime. And so it's petty larceny. No felonies here. I hope you find that note one day. That would make that's, such a story. That's why I'm selling 1% a month, because somehow after I've sold <laughs> of it, there's going to be 1% left, and I'm going to find it buried in a box somewhere. Um, That's one of the best stories. You're still looking for his rookie, or did you pick that up? No. Unfortunately, it's it's still one of my chase cards. It might be my number one chase card, to be be honest with you. At at the National, the conditions were rough. It was either a 7 or an 8 or something I couldn't afford, or it was a real rough one. I didn't find anything in my sweet spot, uh, and I'm looking at Three, four range, probably. The 57 Tops Brooks, to me, is one of the great rookie cards aesthetically of all time. The classic photograph in the first year of photographs. You don't think dealers, next national, whatever price they had last national, will be double now? Unfortunately, it will be. So I think it's going to be a while. Talk about buyer's remorse. His cards hopefully finally get the value they deserve. Well, 
I mean, he, he checks a lot of boxes. The loyalty to one franchise, the the likability, the friendliness, a Southern gentleman without being stuffy at all. In a blue-collar town, it was a good fit. Yeah. I I hope that outside of Baltimore, he gets the respect, and, and that'll be reflected in the prices. But not too much for the card you're looking for. No, nobody should ever charge more for the 57. Every other card should go on. They'll have a moratorium on that for you. <laughs> and now, now you want my note. I may have lost it, right? I may have gotten buried in something I sold to somebody. So I'm not even going to say what my alter ego was. Brooks, great man. And that's one of the reasons why we collect. He's a worthy hero and one of my favorites too. The 71 World Series where the Pirates finished on top due to Clemente. Brooks was great. I knew you would get that in there before we finished. Thanks. <laughs> That's not a dig, Danny. <laughs> Brooks had his World Series MVP, but Clemente peaked at the right time. And so did Brooks. Absolutely. I sure appreciate you stepping in on this at short notice because uh, you're the first guy I thought of for this special episode. Uh, 